Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Family Good Podcast. Dick Patrick here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, joined on Friday, because it's Science Day around here, with astrophysicist, pastor, professor, murder, Paul Wallace. And hey, everybody. Uh, I'm glad to be back, Paul, because I've been away for, for uh, what was supposed to be like one week and turned into a couple of extra days. Uh, I went off to Mexico and uh, was welcomed into the country, by the way, just just welcomed in graciously, yeah. Yeah. allowed to come as a visitor, and then was allowed to leave. Something we should do with Mexicans in this country, I would say. Good. <laughs> but I had a great time um, uh, there and, uh, and glad to be back and uh, excited to talk to you. I'm in Minneapolis where we're about to get a sleety, stormy, wet, sloppy, dangerous. Really? Yes. So, you know, I'm not one to complain. Uh, I should turn. I should turn my camera to my uh, my window. We got. It's going to be about seventy four today, and totally clear. Feels like wow. April. That's in Decatur, Georgia. Hey, uh, well, right. we're not here just to talk about you know the lovely beaches of Mexico or the uh, beautiful sunshine in in Georgia, but rather what what happens in the cosmos. This great article came up, Paul, and I, you were the first person I thought of, and I thought this is what we're going to talk about because uh, you know you're the only one I know personally who really understands any of this stuff. So thanks for helping <laughs> all of us. Sure thing. Uh, and it was this article um, that, that's, I, I have a little, in my news feed, I have a special science and astronomy section. And uh, this this uh, article says, seven questions about the expansion of the universe. And I got to tell you, I now I have all seven of these. Some of these questions I didn't even realize should have been a question until I read them. Yeah, so yeah. Pretty cool. All right. So uh, I know you've had a chance to look at these. Shall we, uh, shall we dive right into the beauty sure of the thing. cosmos? Sure. All right. And, and hey, part of the reason this really matters is that the United States and Russia and many others around the globe joined together in sending cosmonauts, astronauts, and I don't know, whatever other knots uh, up into the space station and share all that. And so with the the, the violence that's coming out of the, the Putin uh, choice of Russia to attack Ukraine, all of this is up in the air, literally and metaphorically. It's a messy, messy thing. But anyway, we will... Um, we will with that in mind, uh, and hoping that people can figure out how to keep a space station going when you have a, a bully of a partner in the space station, uh, let's talk about what's going on up in the uh, up in the skies. All right, so Paul, the question number one that's raised in this article, which I thought was really good, uh, is this idea of the you know the cosmos is infinite, right? The, there's no boundary to it. There's no edge no, of which right, things it's right. outside. Sort of, I guess. But this question says, so if it's infinite, how can it be expanding? And apparently there's, when you all as astrophysicists and cosmologists talk about the universe is expanding, you mean something really specific that might not meet all of our, all of our kind of imaginations. Right. That's right. That's right. Uh, so the question, uh, if the universe is infinite, how can it be expanding? Well, first off, we don't know if it's infinite or not. Um, I myself prefer for it not to be infinite. <laughs> Come on. I thought that was one of the settled. I thought, it, oh my gosh. Okay. That's beautiful. All right. I prefer, no, we don't know if it's infinite or not. We know what, that we can't what? see all of it, but, but we okay. don't know if it's infinite or not. What, oh, so, so, okay. Talk, talk me. We may not even get beyond this one now today. Uh, so, yeah. You prefer that it's not. I had assumed that was one of the givens. No. What's the other option to the universe being infinite? Well, it could it could be finite, like, but still un, 
still without bound. Does that oh. make okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. So think about like, suppose you are Doug, suppose you and dear, dear listener, suppose that you were uh, sort of two dimensional. You're kind of flat. Okay. You, you just live in two dimensions. Okay. But you but you don't occupy like a flat surface like a tabletop, but you occupy like the surface of a ball. Okay. Okay. So that space is finite because there's only so much area on the ball, right? But it's not bounded. It's not like there's a place where you're going to go fall off the edge, right? I you're see. stuck to the surface of the thing. So in this model, it would be a, a situation where if we could sort of stop the expansion of the universe – and then go in one direction, we end back up where we started. I see. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All like right. like the surface of a ball. You'd end up if you if you could go far enough, travel far enough, you'd end up right back where you started. Is that is that the description for a non finite universe? Yes. Or right, right. It's non finite. It's 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 um finite but unbounded. Wow. It's okay, that's a great idea. You follow me? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a beautiful distinction. All right. So you said you would prefer that it's not infinite. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah, I I think in physics, um, we really try to avoid infinities in general. I've got questions for, you know, like truly highly trained cosmologists. If the universe is infinite, I'm not sure where the, I don't know, an infinite amount of matter in space, I, that just doesn't compute for me. You know. So this is where a an astrophysicist and a cosmologist might be are are indifferent. Yeah, I, I'm just I, I'm just not highly specialized and trained wow. in cosmology. I'm talking about somebody who might you know be a cosmologist at you know MIT or something. Somebody who really you know spends their has devoted fifty years of their life to this very topic. Not not somebody like me who who knows uh, you know knows enough to teach a college class you know, undergraduate class on it, but it's not okay. not truly a specialist. So being an astrophysicist does not make you as you are does not make you a cosmologist by training. Yeah, Those yeah. Let's just say, let's just say there's a lot of people out there who know a whole lot more than I do. Okay, all right, fair enough. I know that feeling, and I know that yeah. feeling. There's a whole lot of people that know a lot more than you do about this topic. When you read a headline then that's in this, um, from the BBC in this article that says, if the universe is infinite, starts with that as a premise and then ask the question, how can it be expanding? What goes through your mind? Do you think like, well, well I don't you know, I, mean, need to I, I, I can point. allow that it can be infinite. I know. I mean, you know, if, if it turns out to be infinite, that's fine. And I think I understand the question. I haven't actually addressed the question yet. I, I think okay. what the question is asking is this. I think in the popular mind, uh, the idea of the expansion of the universe is that there's all this empty space out there into which the universe is expanding like an explosion, you know, it's like, it's like all this space is already sort of sitting there waiting. And then this bomb goes off right in the middle of it. And there's a, there's a sort of a shock wave that goes out. And in front of the shock wave, there's empty space. And behind the shock wave, there's all the bomb stuff, right? doesn't work that way. There's not all this empty space out there waiting to be filled up by the universe and by galaxies. Um, so the question, if the universe is infinite, how can it be expanding? To me, implies that, that that's the image that people have, is that you can't that's have right. an infinite universe expanding into this empty space that's waiting for it, else it wouldn't be infinite. 
right? That's the problem. That's totally the image I had in my head and was trying to wrap my thoughts. But but, uh, the way that uh, we astrophysicists understand it is that the space itself was wrapped up in the Big Bang. In other words, space itself is part of the creation that occurred at the big bang. It was space was not sitting around waiting for a big bang to happen in it. Space was wrapped up inside the singularity we call the big bang and the expansion of the stuff. I mean, the, the, the moving away of galaxies from each other is occurring because the space itself is stretching out between them. Wow. Okay. Say, say, say that one again. Okay. It's like this here. I'll, 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 I'll give you an image, okay? Imagine okay. that you've got a, a big, like, gym floor with all these people standing on it. Okay. Okay? The space is, the gym floor is kind of like the space, and the people are kind of like the galaxies. Got okay? It. You can imagine two, th- you can imagine these people um, moving away from each other and expanding in two ways. One is they could all run away from each other. Like yeah, across, a big social distance, yeah, right. Right, right across, <laughs> across the floor. That yes. would be like a galaxy moving through space. You could also imagine that the floor itself is expanding, carrying Great. all the people away from each other. Great. Hey, so I've got and, in my mind here, um, we blow up these big balloons for our grandson, yeah. Yeah. like 12, 15, 16 inches. If yeah. I were to put little dots on that balloon while it's laying flat on my table, they would be yeah. so close to each other. And then as right. I inflate the balloon and the balloon stretches... Exactly. Exactly. The dots get further apart. Is that what you're describing? That's exactly right. Huh. And well, so, that. yeah, that's exactly right. But the difference between the people on the on the floor of the gym and the dots on the balloons, the people on the floor can walk around. We can move yeah. through space. I see. Okay? And galaxies yeah. can move yeah. through space. Um, but the expansion of the universe is more like your balloon and more like in, in my analogy, the floor actually itself expanding and carrying all the people away from each other. Wow. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Now I'm still stuck, you know, I guess with Toy Story and to infinity and beyond in my head. So I've, I'm, I think I'm locked in as an infinity guy. All right. Uh, how fast uh, then is the universe expanding was the next question that came from this. I found this one very interesting. So if it is expanding, how fast? And then I guess kind of why does that, why does that part matter? Well, it matters because it has to do with the age of the universe, um, mm. how old it is. Because if, if it's expanding very rapidly, that means the universe is younger. If it's expanding very slowly, that means the universe is older. It took longer for it to get to the point where it is today. Mm. Um, so the, 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 you might, if, if, you, if you read up on this stuff at all, you know, if you, even in this article right here, they mentioned something called the Hubble constant, which tells yeah. us how fast uh, space is expanding. And basically it, it, it has you imagine two galaxies that are about 3 million light years apart from each other. Okay. About 3 million light years from each other. Those two galaxies would be moving away at about from each other at about 75 kilometers per second. So that's about 50 miles per second. So two galaxies, 3 million light years away would be moving apart from each other about 50 miles per second, which is pretty fast for us here on earth, right? Yeah. 50 miles per second. But in the, uh, in the, uh, land of the universe, that's, that's not particularly hmm. fast. So that's, so that's you know, how we measure it. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I, 
I guess just thinking about the the reality that everything is moving, right? Like space is moving, the the universe is like because it's easy to consider that things that we see and know are settled and stable and observable and are now as they were then. Where the reality is nothing is that way. Anything that exists, atoms, molecules, space itself, it's moving. I posted this little uh, National Geographic uh, um, story about how the continents have moved over the Mm -hmm. some billions of years uh, on the earth and how, you know, parts of, uh, you know, what are now separated by oceans were, were connected to each other right. because of the, the tectonic plates. And in this article, it just says, oh, and by the way, like our, you know, North America is moving like three feet, three feet a year or something. Like there's some little amount of yeah. shift happening yeah. in the entire thing. That and this conversation, it, I don't know, it just kind of reframes the human experience that things feel so settled or constant yeah and yeah mm, i yeah it it when you step back and think about it it's it's a little mind-boggling how much how what you're talking about i'm sure the same kind of i'm sure there was the same sort of sense of almost like vertigo that struck people back several hundred years ago when they realized that the earth was moving around the sun Um, (laughs) you know because you know i mean is enough to throw you off. Um, yeah, that's right. And just the fact that the earth is rotating itself and none of us feel it, you just got to stop and remind yeah. yourself of that and that that's not what we feel when we feel wind, right? That we're not on a merry-go-round. <laughs> exactly. In fact, that was one of the arguments actually against um, a moving earth. People thought if the earth was rotating so fast, wouldn't there be this like, you know, constant wind? <laughs> that's right. You know, Always in the same direction. All right. Yeah, so, right. so the, the, the universe is expanding is expanding does that mean and this is the third question was it ever expanding at zero rate like was there not that we know of no um if it did it was before the big bang and that's kind of off limits to us uh certainly ever since the big bang 13.8 billion you know give or take a couple hundred million years ago um Ever since then, it's been it's been not non-zero. If it was ever zero, it was before the Big Bang, and there's kind of like a wall in time we really can't access. You know, before that moment, we, you know, we can't see. It's kind of it's hmm. really like having a wall we can't go over or around. We're kind of limited. Okay, I guess that's a good point. That these things we've been talking about, this knowledge that we that we possess about this comes from some kind of observation not absolutely just, not just absolutely. some the- theoretical no no suppositions everything i've said everything i've said uh is based solidly on observations uh-huh yep we're not just so making how, it up so how, long have, so, <laughs> so, so how long have we known this then if it's if it's based on observation we're talking like in the last 50 years what about the big bang generally yeah, the expansion of, of an infinite or non-infinite the, the, universe. The, the, the Big Bang was 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 first uh, suggested in the late twenties, early thirties, so a little under a hundred years. Okay. Before that, it was assumed that the ba- the universe was basically infinitely old. Um, 
most most scientists assumed it was infinitely old. Mm-hmm. Um, and Einstein himself did. He, he assumed it was infinitely old when he first solved his equations of relativity. He did not allow for a big bang. It was a, actually a priest, a French priest who no Belgian priest who um, first suggested a, a big bang. Said that Einstein's equations were consistent with what we call, what today call the Big Bang. That was the late twenties. Hmm. And, and wasn't that? Now I'm uh, remembering this from a book that I read. Wasn't the Big Bang sort of used as a derogatory term for this yeah. notion? Yeah, it, it was a fellow named Fred Hoyle who hated the idea. Uh, <laughs> he hated it uh, largely because of. Uh, well, several reasons, but one of the major reasons is he didn't like the idea because it suggested sort of, you know, sort of a Genesis one kind of thing. Oh. The religious feeling of it, he did not like, and he coined it on it. I think it, I think it was a radio, maybe a BBC radio program. He coined it. He was being interviewed and he coined it. He was an astronomer who believed in what was called the steady state theory, which was that basically the density of the universe doesn't change over time. It's yeah. basically infinitely old. Uh, he didn't like the idea of a beginning because it's it's felt too too religious, too much in line with the religious narrative. Um, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he used the phrase "Big Bang" to yes to deride it, to 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 mock it. But as so often happens, you know those those names, those mocking names, are adopted. Uh, yeah. By the people totally. who, yeah. All right. So if the the universe is expanding, does that mean that the mass, the, the amount of what there is, uh, is also increased? That's because a, one of the assumptions that I've had going into this, and the article also has, is that energy can't be created or destroyed, only converted. But I've been reading right. some other things where they say maybe some things do go out of existence, but generally, or maybe always things there, there isn't any more or any less of anything than there was always or at the beginning. Uh, We're just rearranging it. Is that, is that all right? And if so, uh, what, what, what about the mass of increase? That's an interesting question. Uh, Certainly what you say, you talked about energy being converted into mass, mass, and energy are convertible into each other. In other words, you can have two particles and have them disappear from the face of the universe, have that mass be gone completely. It can be converted into light, into energy. That can happen. And you can go the other way too. You can convert light into into mass. So that total sum of, of energy plus mass has not changed. Okay. But at the beginning, you know, uh, at the very beginning, uh, virg- everything was light. Matter, the phrase that's used, mass condensed out of light, out of energy. And so the total sum of mass and energy has not changed. But at the first moment of the Big Bang, everything was light and there was no mass. So at the end of all the expanding, whatever this is, 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 is what happens, is it that all the mass then returns to energy and soon the universe will be nothing. That would happen if that would happen if the universe reversed itself, if if it fell back on itself, you know, if it, instead of uh, expanding, it started to contract Uh, as it got hotter and hotter and hotter, it would be converted more and more back into light, into energy. But for the most part, um, the universe's mass has not increased it ever since the first few, you know, first few, 
I don't know, I guess maybe the first couple hundred thousand years of the universe's lifetime. Um, ever since then, it's been roughly the same amount of mass. So some, I don't know, tens of billions of years ago, it's remained relatively stable. Yeah. Yeah. Over the last that. 10 billion Why years. Is, that? is it so. because the, the, the Big Bang was the only kind of it took that kind of event to change so much energy into mass is that why no the energy changed into mass shortly after the big bang uh the big bang just produced a whole bunch of light photons we call them and those that light condensed into matter pretty rapidly afterwards and the overall amount of matter has more or less stayed the same so it was a radiation dominate we call it a radiation dominated universe a light dominated universe at the beginning but now it's now there's more matter and 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 roughly the amount of mass in the universe at this point is not changing anymore why did it change from radiation and light and energy into mass then and not happening now because it because it got cooler and less dense that's basically that's basically the answer the expansion the expansion caused that that to happen that's right that's right huh Weird but true. Now, what can happen sometimes is you can have is, uh, imagine, if you will, what we would call perfect vacuum, like like just nothing, just not. It's hard to imagine, but it's empty space, right? Just empty space. Okay. Um, one thing that does happen is uh, what we call virtual particles do, in fact, exist in that vacuum. There is no such thing as a vacuum, a true vacuum, a truly empty space. Even in what okay. we call perfect vacuum. Uh, science we call quantum mechanics uh, has demonstrated to us and it's been shown experimentally to be true that uh, pairs of particles do appear out of, out of the vacuum and then disappear rapidly again. That does happen, but that doesn't last more than very, 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 very short time. Hmm. Weird, but true. So they're popping in and out of existence, basically, even within a vacuum. Like, like that, that's something that's known enough that you and I can sit here and talk about it and can reference a, a test. Yeah, and a yeah. you, can, you can look up something called the Casimir effect. And it was oh. the, basically the experimental, uh, the experiment that showed that, that demonstrated that this was true. The Casimir was, effect. It, 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 C-A-S-I-M-I-R, Casimir effect. It was predicted, Casimir. it was predicted theoretically before it was experimentally uh, verified. That, that that just has it has a nice ring to it. It sounds like something that they would have offered at the resort we were at on the on, on the vacation. Like, are you interested in the Casimir effect? Because if you are, you know, there's a oh please, I'll have two. Hey, well, yeah, uh, over here. Um, so I'm just thinking, you know, when now we can talk about this. There's a name for it. There was a theory, and then an experiment, and then it's yeah. it's uh, understood enough. When people are first experiencing this, like particles are are popping into existence and then popping out of existence like that that must have struck the their minds as like this seems was something wrong here this can't possibly be happening there must be a moment of disbelief of what they're witnessing yeah, I, i'm i'm sure but i'm i i'm not sure if it was casimir who predicted this to happen or it was casimir who who experimentally verified it but I suspect that by the time this was predicted, they were pretty sure huh. that it would that it was real. 
because by the time I suspect by the time it was predicted, I'm not sure what the date was that the quantum mechanics had been successful enough to where they were like, if all these other things are true, then this must also be true. I don't know the story though. I I, I like to, I like to know the story on that one, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about what 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 of those theoretical um, uh, notions are happening to to people right now, to the young scientist who's, I don't know, yeah. 24 and is like, I'm telling you, this thing has to happen. And everybody else around her is saying like, no, that's not how this is going to go. That's yeah. not how that yeah. works. She's like, I'm going to prove it. And then I don't know, 50 years, she's going to win some, some you know, right. international right. prize. Right. Like whatever Posthumously, those- right. Right. After they're di- after they die, that'll be shown to yeah. be true. That actually has happened a lot in physics uh, where theory has predicted something, you know, somebody sat down at a blackboard or a piece of paper and scribbled out some equations and predicted something. Hmm. And it turned out to be right. That has happened. Uh, I can think of three or four or five cases right off the top of my head. Famous hmm. ones, not, not even ones that aren't so famous. Yeah. And those people must live with just people, uh, others in their field, I don't know, mocking them, tormenting them. Uh, at times, yeah. At times. Yeah. I mean, someone has a vested interest in whatever the known knowledge is yeah, and is not right. going to be happy with whatever the, the, the new knowledge is. All right. So uh, but back to these questions. Uh, this one was, I didn't even know this could be a question. you know it's it's like when you when you go to i don't know graduate school or college or i guess you know any education and the point is to learn new questions not to learn answers yeah that's that's right that's right this is one of those uh if the universe is 13.8 billion years old how is how is it 92 billion how uh, sorry how is it that the universe is 92 billion light years across now, yeah. There's a question that the smart kid knows how to ask in the back of the classroom. <laughs> well, um, yeah, so the problem is this. The universe is 13.8 billion years old, but we can see objects that are further away than that now. So the question is, if the universe yeah. is older than 13.8 billion years, how can we see things that are further away than 13.8 billion light years? The light shouldn't have gotten to us. How, how can the observable universe be 92 billion light years across and and the point here the the, what's behind this question is that the speed of light is considered sort of like the speed limit of the universe Mm -hmm. right you can't go faster than that Um, yes it's it's another one of the settled assumptions that i had at the start of our conversation today which well is about to go away (laughs) i would like to take you back now to my analogy of the people on the floor of the gym okay uh, there are two things that can move, right? The, the floor itself can expand and the people can also walk across it. Okay. Right. The, those, so it's an expandable floor. And if the floor expands, people will be spread out from each other. They'll be getting okay. further and further away from each other, but they can also walk across the floor. The speed limit applies to how fast the people can walk across the floor. Oh. Not to how fast the floor can expand. The floor can expand as arbitrarily fast because it's not energy or matter. Right. Right. So exactly. It is. It is what? What is the universe that is expanding? It's not energy. Or matter. <laughs> that's, that's a good question. What is it? <laughs> that's a good question. That's that's one of those questions that that. 
as far as my physics knowledge goes, has never directly been addressed. Um, it's one of these things. It was sort of these uh, starting assumptions that you have that space is a thing, and yeah. we all kind of know what it is, you know? Turns out we yeah. don't really know what it is, but we still haven't quite <laughs> gotten to what space is. But the point is, is that space does not, the space itself does not have that limit on it. Okay. And so early wow. in the universe's lifetime, the, the floor expanded far faster than the speed of light. And so hmm. it allowed for us to have a, and I should say also at the end, that 92 billion light years across, it should say that that's just how much of the universe we can see. That's not the see. whole universe. Oh, wow. That's just how much of it we can see. Hmm. Kind of like being out on an ocean in a boat in the mm -hmm. middle of the Pacific. You can only see like, you know, if you're standing on the, if you're standing up, you're six feet tall, you're standing up in a, in a little boat and a little like rowboat, you can see three miles in every direction. Hmm. That's it. There's more Before beyond that. That's all right. Before the curve of the earth drops away from you and you can't see over it. You can't see beyond. It. That's kind of how the universe is. We have a little circle that we can see. Of course, it's three-dimensional, oh. not two-dimensional, but yeah. there's a certain distance that we can see. And beyond that, because of the geometry of the problem, we just can't see beyond it. So that 92 billion light years across is our little patch of universe that we can see. Hmm. So if this question uh, is, the, if the universe is 13.8 billion years old, how is it 92 billion light years across is the smart kid question. The question, you know, that's asked at 10 a.m. in the, in the, astrophysics class the what is the universe made of is the other college kids asking that question at 3 a.m on a saturday <laughs> you know, right after, after having a few gold ones yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah staring up at the sky <laughs> what is the universe man it's not energy or matter or all the rest of it and they're you know i don't know they're kind of both interesting types of questions it seems to me um, I'm, I'm basically stuck where that second kid is my entire life i'm i'm, I'm like what what the hell <laughs> so, well totally i mean this this has been the hard thing for me about the expanding universe it describes something there's a thing that's expanding but that thing is not any of the other elements that we talk about when right. we talk about things. It's right. just. And on that level, I don't know what space is either. Somebody may have a more, more clear view of it than me, oh, but on that level, I don't know what space is either. I can measure it. I can talk about it, you know, but. Well, this is where the religious uh, elements of uh, as religious people who also speak of spirituality, God, whatever, mm -hmm. are also sort of in the same dilemma, right? Um, yeah. You know, there's there's just things that are not, I, I, I don't know, that feel as if the descriptions we have for the way of the reality don't fit the same descriptions that fit most other things in the reality. Something is different. Yeah, and, and, and that's for that way about virtually everything. I mean, we, you know, we can talk about space-time and we can have our equation, I mean, our equations, uh, Einstein's equations and all this, and we can do our four-dimensional tensors and all this stuff, and it's beautiful, and it works, and it really describes something real. But at the end of the day, I'm like, it, it, it's like, it's like there's something essential about the reality that goes right through that like a sieve, you know? It's like, yeah. what what is this miss it's missing something and that's where and it and it's not in the areas that we don't know for me like a lot of people sort of put god 
in these areas, like before the yeah. Big Bang, you know, or like, you know, or consciousness or something like that, someplace that we don't know. But I don't think of God that way. I think of I, I think that there's a fundamental um, and I hate to use the word mystery because it's so hackneyed. It's so overused. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I feel like that even in the stuff where we know, where we think we know everything, I, I still think that there's something that's missed by science, something essential that kind of passes through that filter and gets lost. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. And that's such an interesting notion, that little line you just said there, that there's these persistent questions, wonderings, uh, struggles with how things are, not generated by what we don't know, but generated by the things right. that we do know. Like exactly. Once you know exactly. something, then it creates another thing right. you can't understand. Right. And it feels bottomless. It feels like, yeah. you know, I mean, some I've heard some scientists say that we're going to find a theory of everything and then we'll know everything, but I, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm skeptical. I, I don't know how useful an idea that is. Well, I think, I think Ryan Phipps, who I know made a comment here in the, in the chats, uh, is going to make a, could easily make a comment about Buddhist thought saying that the more one gains knowledge, the more the mysteries start to open yeah. up to you, right? That the knowledge is not to remove wonder. Right. It's to but create to, more access to new wonderings. Right. Know? It compounds it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's Ryan Phipps right there. Uh, all right. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, is, is the expansion of the universe speeding up? So this, this expanding gym floor, uh, metaphor is that constant rate speeding up, slowing down. Where do we think we are? You know, as we've been looking at the, you know, 13 billion year old universe yeah, yeah. for the last 50 years, what do we think? Uh, how, how do we judge the universe? Is it, is it speeding up, slowing down? What's it doing? Well, for decades, we assumed it would be slowing down for decades, you know, all through the 20th century, pretty much from the time the big bang was proposed and as the evidence for it came in, you know, uh, over the decades, everybody assumed it would be slowing down because we gravity is attractive. Gravity is always attractive. We have all these galaxies attracting each other. So we thought that that would be putting the brakes on the expansion. But it turns out in 1999, a couple of different research groups did independent work and came to the same conclusion, which is the universe is speeding up. Wow. It's going faster and faster every day. And, um, so there we are. And we don't know why. They use the term dark energy to describe this effect, and they attribute attribute it to something called dark energy, but the very term itself indicates that we don't know what it is. Hmm. It's dark. We don't know. That's a, a, a term for, you know, uh, not knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we don't know. But we do know that it's speeding up wow. faster every day. Weird but true. Weird but true. All right. So, so one last part that's weird but true. Uh, if the universe is expanding, this is another smart, smart question that I don't really understand. Is getting to distant planets possible? I guess it's sort of asking if all the if the floor is moving apart so fast, mm-hmm. can the people will the people get to the point where the people just couldn't get to each other anymore? Uh, yes. Uh, if we're talking about planets in other galaxies, okay. But if we're talking about planets in our own galaxy, the expansion of the universe is not making our galaxy expand. Okay, hold on a minute. All right, all right, all right. So our galaxy is not expanding with the universe. 
So if our galaxy is one of these people on the gym floor. Right. The people themselves are not getting bigger and swelling as these as the floor expands. Why is that? How come how come because all they're things- held together because the people are held together by electric forces and the and the ga- galaxy is held together by gravitational forces. Right, so that's the galaxy is holding itself together. Say, say In other words, the, the galaxy, you can think of the galaxy as a single, you know, if you think of your own body, right? Your own body yeah. is a single thing, it's held together, but obviously it's made up of little atoms and stuff, right? Well, those yeah. atoms are held together by electric forces. That's why that's why we're stuck to get that's why we yeah, if we turned off all the electric forces in the universe, our bodies would just fly apart. Okay. So we're held together by electric forces. Uh, galaxies are single objects like us, but they're held together by gravitational forces. In either case, as space expands, our bodies maintain their integrity and the galaxy maintains its integrity and it they stay held together by their own forces. Huh. So our galaxy is not getting bigger as the as the universe expands. So our meter sticks are not getting longer. Okay. (laughs) Well. Okay. And how would we know if they were right? If everything was getting, you know, I mean, that's a fun thing to think about. But the point is, is that they're not getting longer. The galaxy is not getting bigger. So if we're talking about visiting planets in our own galaxy, the expansion of the universe does not affect that. It's going to be hard no matter how we do it. Wow. So whatever forces are causing the expansion of the indescribable universe, whatever those forces are, they are either not powerful enough to overcome the gravitational forces of our galaxy or something else. That seems curious that they're that they're not as strong as gravity in a in a galaxy like that the the universe itself is speeding up and expanding whatever mm-hmm. number you said earlier seems 50 something seems really fast but that's not having an impact on the other things that are also existing in space because the forces of gravity uh, are are strong enough right that's things right are close enough to each other that the forces of gravity are strong enough yep that now that feels like a metaphor for other things. Like if we just stay close enough to each other, then that will overcome <laughs> wants to tear us apart. You know, that seems like the kind of thing you could preach. Life, a, uh, life lessons from cosmology. Yeah, that's right. A science sermon could come right out of that one. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, Paul, uh, I love this so much. Uh, it's so helpful. Um, uh, you know, Pe- Peggy asked this question, which if you have one more minute, I think it would just be worth mm-hmm. it because she. Um, uh, she says, how much protection is given to the Earth by the other planets in our solar system? I guess what I'm asking is, the, uh, is are there planets that are hit more often by things in the air with more damage? Like, should mm. we colonize Mars if we get bombarded, bombarded by asteroids? So, that may, That's maybe, a good question. Yeah. Yes, we are. Uh, we have Jupiter to thank for that, for the most part. Um, Jupiter is hugely massive and orbits outside the sun and uh, has done a pretty good job uh, not keeping the inner solar system completely clear of damaging asteroids and so forth and comets, but um, definitely helps out, definitely uh, helps in our favor. Um, so Jupiter does, in fact, protect, in some senses, protects the inner solar system um, by, uh, by attracting comets and asteroids and so forth. And we've gotten, you know, we've seen comets strike Jupiter's surface. We have moved, uh, films of it. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, Mars is a little further out, uh, a little closer to the asteroid belt, probably a little more dangerous in that sense on Mars. Um, but uh, not so much that it's going to keep Mr. Musk from getting us there. And then get hit by an asteroid. Be perfect. Uh, hey, Paul, where, where, <laughs> we established the first colony on Mars 100 years from now. And, Wham. You know, a month later. And Alanis Morissette uh, song starts playing right in the background, right as that, right yeah. as that happens. Just a little too ironic. Hey, um, what are you, I, you're, you're a college professor, you teach on Fridays. What, what are the good students going to learn today? Uh, optics, we're doing uh, mirrors, spherical mirrors. You know, like uh, your makeup mirror, you know, you, if you get your face real close to it, your face looks huge. Yeah. You know, you, st- have, you ever step- have you ever tried to step back from one of those and see what you look like from a long way away? Hmm. Do you know what you look like? Oh, my bathroom's not you, big enough. No. Yeah, maybe not. But, uh, you know, you get up super close to it and your face is uh, so big, you can like count your pores, right? Yeah, right. But if you step back from it by three or four or five, eight feet or something, you'll see yourself really small and upside down. Well, there's some fun. And you're going to talk about what's going on with light waves when that's happening. Is that what's is that what causes that? That's right. Light rays. We, 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 We think of light more as a ray in this case than a wave. But yes, we're talking about light and how why mirrors do that. Or why, you know, why objects actually do look closer than, uh, why objects are closer than they appear on your passenger side rearview mirror. A little That's tip it. of the hat to Meatloaf. Thank you, Meatloaf. <laughs> That's what we're doing today. All right. I've, I've just written down the sentence that we will talk about some other time that in this case, we talk about light as rays more than waves. And yeah. that feels like an entire, I didn't ever think of the difference between a light ray and a light wave. Um, yeah. So, all right. Happy Much to talk more. about it. All right. I know you got to run. Sorry to keep you a couple extra minutes. See you. Buddy. No trouble. No trouble. It was fun. All right. Goodbye, Paul. See ya. Hey, everybody. Uh, glad to, uh, just just a couple of notes. Um, in the next few weeks, we are going to be traveling the country talking about the need for common good immigration. So, if you don't already keep up on the vote common good email. Uh, sign up for it. Go to votecommongood.com. You'll find out th- through the email and then through uh, also what's on the website where we're going to be in Pittsburgh and in Columbus, Ohio, in Holland, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, in South Bend, Indiana, in Madison, Wisconsin, in Minneapolis, Minnesota uh, at the end of at the end of March, March 19th through the 27th. We'd love to have you join us uh, at any of those events um, and uh, share the story of what we're up to. So just want to tap you into that. And over the next few weeks, you're going to hear a whole lot about that. So, uh, Dan, that was pretty good today. Don't you think? Great stuff. Yeah. Loved it. I just, I don't know why I just, sometimes the weight of the world is just relieved a little bit by thinking about other things for someone like, I know for some people they're like, man, when you guys talk about that physics stuff and it just, my mind, it just, you know, just feels heavy on my brain. I'm like, Oh boy, it's the opposite for me. You know? Uh, when I think about human behavior, that feels heavy. <laughs> when I think about like <laughs> cool, you know, light waves and rays and yeah. expanding. I've got to pick up the pieces of my brain that have broken into a million pieces. Yeah, I mean, this idea that it's expanding, but the galaxy isn't expanding, just still rocks my. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it feels. I'm reading this book called, I think it's a short history of nearly everything or brief history of nearly everything. And it's the history of science sort of told in like from the early two thousands, mm-hmm. kind of the history autobi- or biographies of science. And 
you're just continuously met by these notions that a hundred years ago, 150 years ago, we were just totally either wrong about that. Now we've been corrected or had no idea that they existed, you know, and matter and whatever the makeup of the universe (laughs) that feels like one of those that at some point, somewhere along the line, children, grandchildren, great, 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 great grandchildren of the people that can listen to this right now are going to look back and say, you know, and they didn't even know. Right. Like how far off are we still on some of this stuff? What are we missing? And what is just going to be comically wrong in the future? Yeah. In fact, this book had a had a great comment. It said, um, "We know more about the expansion of the universe and the origins of the universe than we know about what's three miles down in our own oceans." Yeah. Like, the uh, turns out, uh, we don't know much about how our planet is organized. The things we knew a hundred years ago, fifty years ago, have been replaced by new knowledge, and. Uh, so all those little pictures that we have of, you know, the earth and the, the crust and the mantle and the core and all that are, are just real, real dreamy yeah. little uh, artist renditions. And so we it's, don't even it's, know what we don't know. Don't even know it. I don't know much, but I know I love you. And that may be <laughs> all we need to know. All I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, uh, nice seeing you again. And, uh, thanks everybody for, for listening in. Uh, I don't know. Should, should we run through some comments? Just, just, uh, just doesn't seem to be a lot here today. Uh, yeah. Ryan Phipps. I love this conversation. Uh, Gerald has a good one. Uh, there are degrees of infinity because limits require them to be calculated. That's an interesting thought. We'll, we'll raise that with the astrophysicist. Um, and Gerald also seems to know a lot about this because he says there's also, uh, infinity to the plus or minus infinity power. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know anything about this, but that feels like a workaround. You know, like somebody, <laughs> somebody's just put in a thing to, you know, like like how we our calendars have to be adjusted with a leap year or something. You know, and kind mm-hmm. of get back get back on track. Like mm. infinity it's, to the infinite power. I remember like back in high school math, hearing phrases like that and being like that just doesn't even seem real. Right. And I but, still feel that. Yeah. yeah, I still feel that way. <laughs> and then Clara, Clara asks, where are you from? I uh, don't know what that means. And well, then, she was uh, apparently asking uh, Gerald because Gerald responded, Earth. <laughs> <laughs> They're just having their own little conversation there. Uh, about to get right at her. Okay. Uh, and then, oh yeah, this is a good one. Tetutututit. Um, want to become famous by followers, prime <laughs> and viewers on your, on your followers.com. Yeah. So, so if uh, anyone is, uh, curious how to get followers, just follow. Where did that, where, where did that one come from? Was that from, from Twitch? Twitch. We're streaming on Twitch. We stream on Twitch. I mean, we, we're everywhere. Have you gone over to Twitch yet, by the way, Dan? Have you, have you ventured over? I've never been. I am telling you, when you shut this off, you know, if you don't have to run to the, you know, to the, to the care room in your house, just go to twitch. something, twitch. It's not twitch.com.something. Just type twitch, T W I T C, into Google and go on and start looking through all the live streams. There's a lot of gamers. Yeah. But the thousands, tens of thousands of people at a time who are watching live streaming. Conversations like this, uh, people playing games, uh, who knows what else. Uh, All kinds of things being live streamed and tens of thousands of people 
you know, less how many current viewers there are. It's bonkers all yeah. over the world, all over the world. So um, it's a wild know, it's time real, to be alive. It's really something. It's uh, a wild time to be alive. And then uh, Jim Eaton says, "Interesting." And uh, thank you, Jim. Uh, I think he, I think he's specifically referencing that particular comment about and we we're talking about right at the end because I saw the one pop up. I don't remember what the comment was. All right. And then Bev Clark Floss uh, says, uh, enjoyed this very much. Well, thank you, Bev. That's very nice. Nice to be. All right. Anybody else, if you make any comments here or if you just listen to the podcast, send us a little comment uh, over to the podcast at bocommongood.com. Is that good for the day? It's great. Over and out. All right, friends. We'll see you. We'll we'll talk to you on Monday and um, get on our email list if you're not on there yet. And don't miss that donate button. Bye, everybody. Bye.